When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. For everything Buccaneers, it, 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 it's Jolly Rogers and Touchdowns. Now, now, here's your hosts, Casey Hudson and Kaylee Mizell. Welcome to a new episode of Jolly Rogers and Touchdowns football fans. We hope that everybody is doing fantastic. We are already sailing into week two, which is just absolutely berserk. I'm still trying to wrap my brain around it. But the exciting part about already being into week two and getting a chance to talk to our favorite fans on this Jolly Rogers and Touchdowns episode is the fact that it's already heading into rivalry time. So first and foremost, before we dive into the excitement of a rivalry breakdown episode don't forget to follow us at jolly tds on twitter as well as instagram and remind yourself by liking subscribing turning on that beautiful notification button that we have new episodes every monday wednesday and friday bright and early on your drive into work or while you're brewing up that coffee or tea whatever your preference may be so be sure to follow us on all social Matcha. Oh, yes. I'm a big matcha <laughs> guy, too. And speaking of matcha, that's my wonderful co-host, Kaylee Mizell. Kaylee. How's it going? How are you feeling on this rivalry week, a week two? There's tiredness, there's excitement, there's drama. There's just so there's much. a lot of drama. We're Where do we get start? into a lot of drama on this show? I personally, Casey, am feeling great. Uh, uh, my husband and I are going to Atlanta tomorrow, sans baby. And we are going to go watch some baseball, hang out with some friends. My mom's going to have the baby all weekend. So it's, yeah, it's like a little fun getaway. Uh, And then get back in time to watch this Bucks Saints game, uh, which I'm pretty excited about. Um, and yeah, I had, I had breakfast with you, Casey, this morning. I know. We had so it's been a good, productive day. Yeah. It really set the tone. I washed my hair. That's, I haven't been that deal for people who know <laughs> what I'm talking about. The life, the life of a busy, busy woman. Um, I have not been that productive. Hopefully tomorrow is a brand new day where shampoo does touch this hair and, um, you know, <laughs> Fingers crossed. If not, dry shampoo is a girl's best friend. and it Dry shampoo and hairspray. Exactly. But aside from the misfortune of me not washing my hair anytime soon, it's the drama. We all love a good storyline, a good plot, some good drama. And on this week's episode of Facing the Saints, the Saints go marching in, the voodoo dolls, whatever you want to call them. I have so many names for this team. (laughs) The big question mark is 
this streak, this, this, will the Bucks end this streak of terror, this streak of misfortune, this streak of black magic? <laughs> I just can't, <laughs> I can't get past the fact that there's got to be some juju involved in this, but before we touch Ooh, on that's that. good nightmare on bourbon street shout out to Ooh. our producer james for that one uh, so, you and him are just so sharp with the, <laughs> with the titles and uh, that's, that's a good it. one i gotta give james all the credit for that one uh big fan of Casey, that one. it's gonna be so interesting because there is a lot of drama there's a lot of hatred yeah between these teams these fan bases and it is going to boil to the surface and I am ready to sip my tea, eat my popcorn and watch the show. (laughs) Watch the show. Um, Should we set up why there is so much drama? Absolutely. Okay. We've got to set the context here. I'm going to set the table. Bucks fans, Jolly Rogers and touchdown fans. I'm going to take you down memory lane. Oh, and sadly, I'm cringing. Not the greatest of memories. I'm going to take you all the way back. Well, it's not that far. (laughs) We wish it was further. That's for sure. To December 19th. Ouch. 2021. Yeah. Oh, so Sean Payton is literally working from home. So the Saints do not have. (laughs) <laughs> their strategic minded head coach. Dennis Allen is the de facto head coach in his absence. Taysom Hill is the Taysom. starting quarterback for the Saints. And uh, and they're playing in Tampa. Yes. Tampa Bay had their first ever red out. It was a sellout crowd. of experts picked against the Saints. They picked the Bucks. The Bucks. The Bucks were double digit picked ahead of the Saints. The Saints double digit underdogs. My soul is hurting. The Saints pulled out one of the best defensive game plans that has ever been pulled out against Tom Brady. He was sacked four times. Four. He threw an interception and lost a fumble. The offense had the second lowest first down conversion in total yards the entire year. Yeah. It was a 9 nothing loss. And it was just the third time in Tom Brady's career that his team was shut out from scoring completely eradicated from the end zone this is when tom brady literally broke his ipad (laughs) and the twitterverse went insane bucks fans this is why there is so much drama i don't have to remind you and saints fans which we will get to later in the show are haughty Oh, we are so proud because the of this rivalry and them, uh, in a lot of ways, in the regular season, owning in the last few years this rivalry. But I don't think that's going to be the case this year, Casey. And we are going to get into why 
starting with Bucks offense. Well, actually, before we go too far ahead, we gotta get we gotta get you some updates. So, so quick I set up. the table. Yeah, and now we're gonna do some team updates. You got the blood pressure up. The attention is dialed in. My Focused. yeah, my heartbeat is is racing. I was and just I'm so ready for to more. get into the drama. But first, we gotta start with injury updates. But first and foremost, Jolly Rogers and touchdown fans. Now, yesterday's injury report was already sending people into a slight panic. Like, whoa. Didn't look good. Didn't look good. Uh, no, let's see. Like, One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten people didn't practice. Nine of them were listed on the injury report for did not participate or limited participation. And unfortunately, we try not to lean too much into the dramatics and be like, the world is over. These starters are done for. But then today's practice came about. And then today's injury report was released. And the number didn't swindle whatsoever. You've got Tom Brady, full participation after not participating on Wednesday. You've got Mike Evans, who did not participate due to a calf injury that nobody knew about until today-ish, maybe yesterday. Then you've got Leonard Fournette with the ultimate hamstring vendetta that this offense just keeps suffering from. I don't know what's in the water. So he was at limited participation. Then you've got Russell Gage, who we saw limited action from. But guys, don't be weary because he did not practice on Wednesday. He upgraded to limited participation come Thursday. Then you've got Chris Godwin, who caught the hamstring infection. Um he did not participate. Julio Jones, ladies and gentlemen, the guy, the myth, the legend, all of a sudden has a knee thing, did not participate two days in a row. Then you got Zion McCollum. We know the case with him. He also is uh, diagnosed with the hamstring infection, but his kicked in in Tennessee during the joint practices. So it was a positive to see him finally getting some action. Uh, then we move along to... Yours truly, Brashad Perriman, a knee thing, limited participation on Wednesday, limited participation on Thursday, and this is the guy that couldn't catch anything for the life of him on Sunday. Uh, moving on to Donovan just Smith. So, <laughs> Casey with the daggers oh, already. No. I have a lot of emotions. I just have a lot of emotions right now, and it's, it's going to be very transparent during this episode, Jolly Rogers and Touchdowns fans, so buckle up. Donovan Smith, who hyperextended his elbow, no surprise here, didn't participate Wednesday, didn't participate Thursday. And then Tristan Wirfs, who has suffered from an abdominal abdominal issue. That's a fun word to say. Um, limited participation, limited participation. So that's your bucks. That's just the bucks. That's your bucks, guys. I guess if you are a diehard Buccaneers fan, Tampa Bay, ride or die, that's devastating to some degree. But then we can pivot over really quickly to the Saints, where Adebo, their cornerback, has an ankle injury, did not participate. Mark Ingram, the running back, has an ankle injury. He's limited. Cameron Jordan, this guy is an issue. This is a guy who, in October, on Halloween, had two of four sacks on Tom Brady and one of four sacks on Tom Brady on the last visit that they had with one another. So he is uh, dealing with a little bit of a hip issue and is limited. Alvin Kamara is dealing with a rib injury. He was limited on Wednesday and did not participate on Thursday. Marcus May ankle limited and then went to full participation. 
Traquan Smith, who we know is kind of their go-to guy when the their one and two receiver is not involved in the action whatsoever. He's dealing with a shoulder situation and he was limited all week. Alante Taylor, cornerback, hip, limited, limited. Calvin Throck. Throck Morton, that's a great name. Uh, illness, but he evaluated he, he bumped up to full participation. <laughs> Dwayne Washington, running back, hamstring infection, limited participation. Jameis Winston has a back thing, limited participation. And Landon Young, tackle, hip, limited, limited. So that's an extensive list on both ends, if you will. I know I just said like a mouthful there. That's a lot of names. More than a mouthful. I think the positive here, ladies and gentlemen, is that aside from the list of names that I just spewed off. I got 98% of those names correct. And that's a, that's a big deal for kids. That's a win. That's that a is a win. W. Yeah. Uh, so here's, here's Casey, let's zone in. Here's the things that could hurt the bucks. And here are the things that could help the bucks. So hurting the bucks. Um, I think there's a big question mark by Julio Jones right now, a knee thing. And he didn't participate in Wednesday or Thursday's practice. Right. That has me uh, just like the teensiest bit concerned. Not overly concerned, but the teensiest bit concerned. Um, Let's see. We expected Godwin to be out. Fournette. Uh, I think I don't think I'm very concerned about Leonard Fournette. No, he's a running back. He's going to have hamstring stuff pop up from time to time. Mike Evans don't love that. He was limited participation yesterday and did not participate today uh, with that calf situation. Because if we're looking now, that is Mike Evans did not participate. Julio Jones did not participate. That's not a good thing, especially when you still have Chris Godwin out with a hamstring injury. He didn't participate. So what are you going to do? That doesn't look good. That is my cause for concern. Um, But on the positive for the Bucks, um, I think – I think Mark Ingram is going to be a go even with the ankle stuff. Mm-hmm. Alvin Kamara, I think that's a question mark where, you know. ribs are very testy. Ribs and can he went from limited participation to did not participate. Right. So I think that would, that is in favor of the Bucks. I'm not like, like, let me just put this out there. I'm not ever in favor of like people anyway. getting hurt. Um, mm-hmm. But that is in favor of the Bucks if he doesn't play. Um, and I think that's probably the biggest one, unless I am missing something. I would say the biggest, like in favor of the Bucks, is Alvin Kamara. The biggest question mark is going to be at wide receiver Julio Jones and Mike yeah. Evans yes. for the Bucks. Well, because the significance of this is that you're talking about two dominant wideouts that yep. that may that are not going to that may or may not be a hundred percent come Sunday against an aggressive rivalry, you know. So Julio Jones, while he had what three receptions on Sunday versus the Cowboys, we are all kind of anticipating that his role was going to increase now that Chris Godwin officially will not be a part of this offense for the next few weeks. 
and we know that he can stretch the field. We all saw the excitement from Tom Brady's press conference, Todd Bowles press conference, all the way to social media because Tom Brady is now the worldwide content creator out there. So we saw that there was going to probably be more of a role for Julio Jones. We know initially heading into this season that he was going to be on a little bit of a reserve snap count to protect his body, make sure he stays healthy. But that was a guy that you were going to need, especially when we saw Chris Godwin going and limping off the field. Now, having two wideouts not participating in such an aggressive rivalry, and then there's this question mark next to Russell Gage. Russell Gage had not much action versus the Cowboys. The reps that he did get in there, who's kind of in their pass blocking, so he was utilized in many plays, but as a blocker to open up the lanes for his teammates, which that's fine and all, um, when Bruce Arians was the head coach, and I'm sure it's pretty much translated down to this coaching staff, Arians was a huge fan of wide receivers that could block. That's actually what won a lot of these guys their job. Um, so I would think that I was hoping that we were going to see more Russell Gage versus the Saints, but then you have him, you know, still on a bit of a reservation here with his hamstring injury. So the wide receiver group that's so loaded, so dynamic, so versatile is now super limited. There's and that's already where a I lot of question marks. Yep. And and I think that's a perfect start to getting into the Bucks offense against the Saints defense because this is one of, if not the best matchups and rivalries that you're going to see mm -hmm. in the NFL because you have these guys like Mike Evans facing off against Marshawn Lattimore. And it's incredible every single time we get it. Yep. Marshawn Lattimore is incredible. What he is able to do out there is fantastic. And you need a really powerful and distinct wide receiver like Mike Evans, like Julio Jones, to be able to go up against a guy like Lattimore and wow. if now there are question marks by those guys' names, I think it puts a lot more on this Tampa Bay offense that has not been the most successful against the Saints in the past. So it's not something that you want to see. But Casey, the my theories, it could be, I don't know, it could be a little bit of a, a fooling. A uh, 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 catch twenty two. Uh, oh, we love a good catch twenty two. They, they they could be there could be a trick up the the Bucks sleeve. Um, maybe the Saints think they put out this list, this injury list, and maybe the Saints are preparing in some kind of way, and they you know. See, I always think that there's a mental attack I, to this I, whole injury report. Yeah. I, I always think it's there's a mental game to it. Um, we've mentioned how Tom Brady is a chess player, but aside from Tom Brady, I've got a chance to chat to chat with some colleagues, and something was brought to my attention that that established hope. So hang tight, Jolly Rogers and touchdown fans. There is hope. This is where the hope lies. Now, while the showdown on December 19th of 2021 was just disgraceful and it was so disrespectful that that went down in Raymond James Stadium with all of its juju, I'm going to continue to stand by that. There was also a game on All Hallows Eve in New Orleans with a much more 
exciting score with a much more exciting game with a closer matchup with a little bit more hope. So let's kind of jump back to that for a second. You're talking about a game where first quarter tied tied second quarter saints take the lead, really give the bucks a run for their money. Third quarter bucks bounce back fourth quarter bucks fall short. I say all that to say that within this, They couldn't establish a run game against the Saints defense on Halloween last year. That was a struggle. You had Gio Bernard, two carries, 30 yards. You had Lenny, eight carries, 26 yards. You had Ronald Jones, which don't even get me started on that. Three carries, 13 yards. Um, Receiving-wise, your receiving leader, no surprise here, was Chris Godwin, eight receptions, 140 yards, one touchdown. And then Tyler Johnson coming in second place with five receptions for 65 yards. And we know that one of those receptions was this stretch down the field, this mega pass from the GOAT. And then followed up by that is Cyril Grayson with one reception, 50 yards. And Mike Evans was limited to two receptions for 48 yards. Now, why am I spewing all this? Because... The game plan then, the way that they adjusted then, it didn't happen as gracefully and as strategically as they just showed that they're capable of adjusting versus the Cowboys. So I'm taking that as a hopeful spotlight, number one. Number two, what did my colleagues point out to me? That the Falcons-Saints game that we touched on on the last segment, very lightly, where the Falcons almost had the Saints. They almost secured a W for themselves and a little bit of dignity under their belt before losing it in the fourth quarter. They were running a lot of 13 personnel. This 13 personnel really did divide up and manage to contain the Saints defense. Well, what did the Bucks do versus the Cowboys? They ran a lot of 13 personnel. Now, I'm the kind of girl who's been begging, screaming, crying for 12 personnel to exist to some degree. And once talking with my colleague, Mr. Josh Capo, um, shout out Josh, he mentioned that he really feels strongly about the fact that they're going to carry the momentum of what worked versus the Cowboys, which duh, versus the Saints. So we're going to see a lot of 13 personnel. What's 13 personnel? One running back, three tight ends, one wide receiver. Why is that so beneficial? Because you've got this freak athlete who's about to make a name for himself called Coquif. Am I done with being high on Coquive? No, guys. So get used to it. Never. It's not going to cease and desist anytime soon. You've got a guy who can block. You've got a guy who I honestly think can be a threat in the red zone. And the red zone is going to be a big thing that they're going to have to work on and be and execute on versus the Saints. And then you've got the one wide receiver, which kind of eliminates that whole pressure of having your wide outs or, you know, too many reps coming from these injured wide receivers that are already sorting through some things. So 13 personnel can be a golden nugget. Now, if you want to make Casey a happy girl, we've got 12 personnel, one running back, two tight ends, two wide receivers. That's a beautiful thing for healthy wide receivers. That's a beautiful matchup versus this Saints defense because. Some of their cornerbacks that are questionable, the matchups here are in favor of the Buccaneers. Mm-hmm. Mike Evans, calf or no calf, we've seen this guy come in at what, 60%, 50%, maybe even 40%, and give Marshawn Lattimore a run for his money. Yep. You know? So I think that they have the confidence, the momentum building off of the Cowboys win. And even though this injury report looks very daunting and glim they are going to be able to have better matchups between the wideouts and the cornerbacks but it's going to come down to leonard Fournette building off of sunday's performance 
Well, I am going to jump off of that because he had the most rushing yards in the NFC South with his 127-yard performance in week one. The Saints, Casey, well, they just got run over by Cardell Patterson. So they do not have a very good run defense right now. Yep. Leonard Fournette, well, he is working his magic. And I think, again, just like this, just like the Bucks did in week one, they're going to use Leonard Fournette early and often. They're going to be super strategic with him. And Lenny is going to go out there and do what he does best. Mm-hmm. He's not going to back down. He's going to keep pushing. He's going to get yards. I mean, he just has a motor on him. He doesn't stop. And he's going to go through. And I really think that he's going to be the spark again to this offense. He is the fuel to their fire. Again, we there were question marks at the beginning. Do, should they really go all in on mm-hmm. the running back? Should they should they switch up their offense and go more towards the run game? They did, mm-hmm. and it is paying off. Leonard Fournette is a freak, and he's going out there and he's showing why he's so good. I think yes. Leonard Fournette has as good, if not better, game than he had last week against the Cowboys. This week against the Saints. Um, just looking at. The Saints' weaknesses, you talked about matchups. I don't think that they're going to be able to match up against Leonard Fournette in the same way. Yeah, and I totally agree with that because I also feel like Lenny has a chip on his shoulder, you know? And the momentum swing swings in his favor in so many ways. First of all, when you're a running back that can light up one of the best outside linebackers in the league, and then that continues, that conversation continues on social media platforms, you know, he feels good about that. It was deemed a legal hit. He really did light up the guy, whether he likes it or not. Sorry, Micah Parsons. But, you know, he has that chip on his shoulder on top of this new security blanket. When you don't have to worry about where your money's coming from from a couple years, I promise you your focus is a little bit different. You're a lot more dialed in because you're not sitting here trying to sell yourself for other teams to pick you up. You're really honed in on this offense, this, you know, what what you can do, the difference you can make here. And now he's in that leadership role more so because regardless of Gio Bernard being there, he's the number one running back. There's no contest against him for that, even though Rashad White has had his moments, but he's also a different kind of running back. So beforehand, Lenny wasn't really locked in on like being the running back one. There was always that slight maybe or question mark next to it to kind of keep him on his toes. And it brought, it came up in a lot of press conferences. You know, people would ask him about it. He would kind of not, you know, sell too much on how he truly felt about it, but you knew he felt some type of way about it after carrying the Jaguars to playoffs and reviving them to be a team to talk about, you know, he had to be humbled. And then all of a sudden he's bursting out of this humility with a new approach to leadership with a new approach to how he wants to take on this season and that security blanket and knowing what his job is and knowing what his role is and knowing that he could put this team on his back. I think Lenny just has a whole different perspective, drive and motivation. Also with that said, the whole spiel that I just went on on personnel's in 13 personnel, when you have that extra tight end there to create that path, to create that gap for you, Kaylee and I touched on this on a previous episode 
at first it was looking a little weird when they kept trying to run the ball on the left side and it didn't feel successful, but they really kept chipping away at it to create success later on in the second half of the game versus the Cowboys. Having that realization, having that success in the second half, I feel like they're going to have a better approach to make that success come to a little earlier. I think it's going to be, you know, more in the first half of the game versus waiting into the second half of the game. Also with that Halloween matchup, it kind of kept going back and forth between, you know, who was controlling the quarter. And Tom Brady said it a lot last season. We've got to play four quarters of football. That's something that they know. That's something that they're going to go into this game really focused on making sure that they have all the best things in place to make that happen, playing four quarters of football. And if they do that, it's a great matchup. Now, the biggest things that stand out to me when it comes to the Bucks' offense versus the Saints' defense is obviously Mike Evans versus Marshawn Lattimore. Last season, Mike Evans really handled that. He conducted those routes beautifully. He executed. He, you know, adopted a son in those games, and his name was Marshawn Lattimore. And that was... <laughs> That was a shout out to your husband, by the way, Kaylee. But, you know, there was there were some adoptions taking place in, in, in the season last year. And Evans walked away with more kids. And we know he's got plenty of them. So that's obviously a matchup that we're going to be excited to see. <laughs> Kaylee's like, enough. And, uh, a matchup that we're going to be excited to see. And regardless of a calf injury, this is a guy who, you know, Mike Evans is just as much of a workhorse as Leonard Fournette is. He's going to put this team on his back and do as much as he possibly can. And as we saw versus the Cowboys, it only takes a couple big catches to make some magic. So they don't have to run him into the ground. He doesn't have to rack up 10 plus receptions to put a dent in the Saints defense. He just has to make each catch count. And we know Mike Evans is fully capable of that. Okay. You Uh, bring them up, Casey. Who? You brought, you brought the mood up. And I got to like, I got to level us (laughs) just a little bit because I do have a question mark and it is one of the biggest question marks when I look at this Bucks offense versus Saints defense matchup. And that question mark is Josh, Josh Wells. So Donovan Smith is out with the elbow injury. Josh Wells is his backup. Josh Wells is going to be going against Marcus Davenport. Marcus Davenport, I th- is an he, animal. Yes. Yes. An animal. That's a good way to put it. He is an animal. We already know that Wells let, you know, basically like gave up a sack essentially. Um, yeah. On like his first, second snap, it was pretty soon after he was in the game. Um, Marcus Davenport could very well exploit Josh Wells. I that's the one matchup that I don't think is in favor of the Bucks. Now I'm hoping that Josh Wells is gonna step up. I'm hoping he's hoping he's he he got that talk from Tom Brady and he's going <laughs> to play a little bit better. Uh, we all saw uh, Tom Brady get in 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 Robert Hainsey's face last week and was like, this yeah. has to get better. You pull together. Yeah. You have to, you are the center. You've got to yeah. figure this out, right? You're the leader of this O-line. So I'm hoping that it's going to improve, but mm-hmm. that is a matchup where Davenport coming off the right side. I think that, I think that there is room there. Again, Tom Brady got sacked four times in that December yeah. 9th game. Uh, 
and I'm a little bit nervous about the trenches. I really am. And mm -hmm. that's the biggest question mark for me going into this game. I'm not overly concerned about the wide receivers. Uh, I think you make a fantastic point about Coquif. Um, uh, but that O-line and Josh Wells, are they going to be able to step up? Is he going to be able to step up? Yeah. And while that is terrifying and very true, um, I just, I'm trying so hard. Bring them back up. The Bring them back up. Here I come back with the hope, guys. All right. You got a really good practice in going up against pressured positions from Demarcus Lawrence and, and, and Micah Parsons, you know, and while they did get two sacks on Tom Brady, both from Parsons, one of them was led up by Josh Wells. And then, you know, it happens. It's a part of football. So you get that aggressive pressure. You get that beast mode mentality. You get one of the top guys in the league that you have to go up against. And, you know, Donovan Smith went out halfway through the second quarter. So it's not like it was just a fourth quarter thing that Josh Wells had to adjust to. He had to go a whole second half um, against very dominant defensive players. So I'm hoping that that was a good wake up call for Josh Wells. He has had to step in in, in many crucial moments. Um, so while he's not the name that you want to see there, he's capable of doing just enough. Now, where this is, you know, scary is they're going to have to really heavily focus on the left side of that line. It's going to be all hands on deck. So they're going to run certain plays where the wide receivers are going to be involved in the blocking. The tight ends are going to be involved in the blocking. And then the O-line is going to go all out to create that gap. And you're going to need somebody who's going to punch it, which brings us back to all of our hope in Sunday night football Lenny. But this time we need Sunday afternoon Lenny. Well, not he's got to be a little bit more aggressive. Not only do we need Lenny to step up, but we're going to need Ooh. more out of this Bucks defense. And some guy that I have my eye on, I think it's going to be a really great matchup on the other side of the ball, is so Carlton Davis and Michael Thomas. Yes. Davis is the last corner to face Michael Thomas at full strength. This mm -hmm. is going to be a great matchup. And when you look at what Davis was able to do against the Cowboys in week one, he was targeted eight times. They only got two receptions off him for 25 yards. And he's one going point. out for best cornerback in the league. He yes. stated that. Yes. Beginning of training camp. So Carlton Davis, Michael Thomas, that's going to be a fantastic matchup. Mm -hmm. And again, it's going to be one of those things where you're going to have to be ready at any moment. This Saints team has proven that they might be sleeping for the first three quarters and then just go off. And you don't know when or what to expect with this Saints team. And I think that's the scariest part of them is because you don't know if they're going to lay an egg or if Jameis is going to come out and just be insane and they're going right. to score 17 points in a single quarter and you're like, where the heck did that come from? Yeah. Uh, so you have to always be on. That is something that this defense is going to have to take into account. You have to always be on. You cannot let one single play go by. Carlton Davis is that guy. Mm -hmm. He is the kind of guy that is going to go out there. He's going to give it his all every single go around. 
I'm really excited to see that matchup. It is going yeah. to be a lot of fun. And I think Davis going against Michael Thomas, I think that's really going to elevate him <laughs> in that wanting to be the best cornerback. In oh, the yes. And just to kind of set some context here, it's not just because of what happened and how things played out the last time that they matched up one-on-one. -on -one. It's because, dum-dum-dum, the Twitter conversations that get to take place after games and they get to get dragged out by the media and they get to be so <laughs> years later. So here I go, being a media member, bringing this little egg up. Spill when, the tea. <laughs> when Carlton Davis tweeted at Can't Guard Mike and said, I bodied you three games in a row, little dude, and cover one, goofball. And I'm a dog, your little ASS, again next year, so you better work on them routes. That, that's an invitation. Talk. That's, that's a lot of smack talk. Carlton Davis, man, he's 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 got some confidence in him. Friends, I like don't it. send me an invitation that has less hype than what I just read because I won't attend. I won't come. I will not be <laughs> motivated to respond whatsoever. I need and that. I'll do it again next year so you and better work on your routes. So that's that's major. That's a big thing to really just – that's a that, – you push and that Michael bar. Michael Thomas is really not a guy that it like lacks confidence by any means. You've got two extraordinary, so. confident alpha males. Oh my gosh. Can we please get them mic'd up? This is the oh. just what they would be saying to each other. I oh wouldn't be surprised if there's a little bit of a rough and tumble situation. Oh, there's gonna yeah. there's gonna be some there's gonna be some pushing and shoving, if you will. Yeah. It's gonna, yeah. it's gonna be it's gonna have that excitement of you know that playground recess football, you know, no rules in a sense, but obviously there's rules and guidelines. Everybody needs to be cognizant. <laughs> um, okay, guys, I'm not getting that crazy, but still it, it's just going to have that extra element of why we all love this sport so much minus anybody really targeting or hurting one another. So that's going to be an amazing matchup to watch. Um, and I think that matchup has the potential to go into the Bucks' favor as well because yes. of how good Carlton Davis is, how good he's been in the past. And that well, history there with Michael Thomas. A hundred percent. And you said something else that I absolutely loved when you were honestly breaking down how well this Bucks defense needs to perform. And that's from top to bottom. Every single detail is going to matter. It was this defense that kind of led up in extremely crucial moments. Number one, number two, it was the lack of tackling. That was just, it was awful to watch. It was, that was it, it was painful. My soul left my body multiple times and it was both games, Halloween and December 19th. And, you know, in one of the games, I'm pretty sure it was the December 19th matchup. They only pulled together two sacks and it was Joe Tranchanka. Then it was Levante David who was functioning at about 60%. We know that he was working through a crucial injury as well. So to know how depleted this defense was, to know how many guys were not even playing or, you know, active December 19th and how well the defense, I mean, the defense did hold them to three field goals. That is something to highlight, but it's the fact that the defense was not playing a sharp game whatsoever. The communication needed to ramp up. The mental errors needed to minimize down. And I really feel strongly about what this defense is going to bring to the table. I said it versus the Cowboys, I think, and I still have hope and faith that the Bucs have a better pressure 
um, better pass rush situation. And I think that they're a more complete team from top to bottom, from the low, from the line to the outside of the line, from the cornerbacks down to the safeties. They now have multiple versatile safeties. You've got a lot of expectation and responsibility out of Antoine Winfield Jr. Now you've got this guy, Logan Ryan, who I think Winfield feeds off of because he's a veteran who's also equally as vers- like versatile. And JTS has stepped into a whole nother role. He's due for a sack. I was expecting it to happen last game. This is a great game for him to get it. We've seen that he is capable of sacking, you know, versus the versus the Saints. So it's cleaning up the mistakes that they really failed on last year. Wrap up your tackles. Don't just get your hands on balls, but pull those passes in and, you know, get these interceptions. Rack them up. This defense has so much potential, but we can't keep talking about how much potential they have game on you know, game after game after game. This is where it counts the most, and this is where they have to execute. And it's going to be a big day for the Bucs defense in order for the Bucs to leave New Orleans with a W under their belt. And as we look at the guys who need to get better at wrapping up, there are two guys that I have my eye on. And I'm not saying they need to get better at wrapping up, but I'm saying I think they're going to lead the way Mm -hmm. in this Bucs defense being able to really get after this Saints offense. And you mentioned one of them because he got a sack in that game against the Saints, and that is Levante David. I think that he has been one of the best linebackers. Mm -hmm. And New Orleans, they're going to get got again, I think, by him. He's a great run defender. He's going to punish, you know, he's going to punish – people that, that, that are going to overlook him in coverage. I think he's going to get out there. I think he's going to get after it. Uh, and I think he's going to maybe even get another sack. I, I would not be overly surprised if that happens again, because I think that he is a player that is going to, to make the most of every single down. And another guy is going to give Cesar Ruiz a hard time from the Saints, uh, Akeem Hicks. Yeah, The Saints interior line is going to have Hicks and Vita Vey going up against them. And <laughs> those are two guys that, uh, that you don't want to face every no. single down, but you're gonna, but yeah. you're gonna, and they're going to be there and they are going to get you. And I, I have my eyes on those three players in terms of like the trenches. And I think that they're really going to do some damage and not let this saints offense be able to do anything. And, you know, I'm glad that you mentioned that because Akeem Hicks had a bit of a, he had an okay performance versus the Cowboys. And this is an extremely intelligent player. Mm -hmm. So another week in the books, another week of film and then film at full game speed. I think Akeem Hicks is going to go into this game like, okay, hey, I need to do a lot more than I did versus the Cowboys because Logan Hall just put on a show. (laughs) I love the footage of Logan Hall versus the Cowboys. And this is somebody who is also what I love about rookies standing out and this might get a little off track for a second, it's the fact that you don't have much tape on them. The only thing you can talk about is what they did in college, and depending on their system and if their college actually had a system that translates to the NFL, you don't really know what to expect from these players. So 
Logan Hall can be a sweet surprise versus the Saints. Then you got Akeem Hicks who needs to better and build off of the performance versus the Cowboys. Then you got Vita Vea who, you know, he ended up racking up a sack and eating at the end of that Cowboys game. And we know how he likes to build off momentum that he set in previous games. So I think, again, from top to bottom, this defense is way better and way healthier versus this Saints offense. And it's going to be one of the most elite matchups as always, because you have the rivalry, you've got the NFC South and you've just got all of the drama that's And these are the only two teams that won their, their games. So mm-hmm. this, this um, matchup this week will by default take the lead in the NFC South because Absolutely. everybody else uh, has already lost a game. And that brings us, Casey, to our predictions, and we do have a little surprise, so everyone stick <laughs> around because we've got something up our sleeves, oh, but the, stress, the drama and the stress. two predictions. I am going to sneakily say, I don't know if I'm going to hate myself for saying this, I don't think it's going to be as close of a game as maybe it would seem. Um, I think Bucks win and I'm going to call it 17, 10. Ooh. I think they win by a touchdown. Oh, I love that. I'm a fan of that. I have, I just, okay. So one, one little thing, one little blurb here is that the most active tight ends versus the saints last season were Cameron Brayton, OJ Howard, OJ Howard leading Cameron Bray. We still don't know anything about Kyle Rudolph. What I will point out is that he has not been on the injury report. So there's nothing injury related going on with him. Hopefully he'll be suiting up week two, whatever, whatever. With that said, with the with the hopes that I have for the tight ends, with the hopes that I have for the personnel, I'm thinking that it's going to be a little bit. They're going to see the end zone a bit more. They're going to execute a little bit better. And I'm going with a 27 to 24 victory for the Bucks. They break okay. the streak. They come marching home, singing a song, doing their dance, getting on the Twitter, doing all the things, and kicking off the season two and zero. Okay. I man, that's this a good prediction. Really me out. I know. I I mean, not I know. I feel good about it. It's just it's so stressful. This is so stressful. Well. But what happens if we lose stress? What happens if we're wrong? Not to back down on the stress. uh, Should we do walk the plank first or should we fill everybody in on our news? Let's fill everybody in first. Okay. So Bucks fans, I have some breaking news and I don't know if everybody's going to love it. I, Kaylee. Yours truly. Yes, yours truly, Kaylee <laughs> Vargas, married someone who's <laughs> an obnoxious, real man. He's not in podcast. <laughs> oh my God, he came into the frame with a cup. <laughs> I am still on the podcast. This is oh my, my husband, goodness. Aaron. He's an obnoxious Saints fan. And when we were in our pre pro meeting, he was. Uh, just getting all of these little zingers in on Casey and I. Oh, the the Saints are going to do this. The Saints are going to do that. So we decided, because why not, that we're going to have a little wager with mm-hmm. my husband 
And that wager is going to be the Bucks win, then Aaron, my husband, will have to wear a Bucks jersey during the next Bucks Saints game. And he has to cheer on Bucks players. Oh, by I don't know. I don't know if we. Five. <laughs> I need a recording. Look, it's all about the social media. It's all about the content. Okay. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna take pictures of him. No, we're no, gonna... no. Pictures don't do justice. We need a video <laughs> of him saying, "Go Brady, go!" or "Woohoo, Mike Evans!" or "That dude, Leonard Fournette." Like, I need something with, with like grit. I need, I need grit. He's I need a real on you. that can loop. I need a loop. A loop. Okay. We'll get it on loop. Bucks but fans Casey, have been in the trenches versus the Saints for two here, whole years. Casey, here's the thing, though. Whatever we put on him has to come back to us. So if we lose this bet, oh, then you, me, <laughs> and our producer, James, have to wear Saints paraphernalia. During I the next, to not talk until I hear the full sentence. Bucks Saints game, and I'm pretty sure if you're going to make him say "Ahoy, Bucks fans," he's <laughs> going to probably make us say something on the lines of "Who that?" Oh my gosh, my insides. those words, those words. Um, okay. so that <laughs> our producer says he refuses. He will say. not participate in this. I have to draw the line. <laughs> he has to draw the line somewhere. Um, uh, if I'm going to so, stand by my word, then I feel like I have to take this bet. Like I do feel, I feel like the streak is going to break here. Um, so this is a bet. This is a real bet that's happening. We will update everyone, uh, post game. Obviously yes. we will have our podcast. And, and Aaron will open up the if, next podcast. With if, if if they if they win, we will bash Aaron at the start of our <laughs> podcast. And if they lose, then maybe he will bash us at the start of our next podcast. But fans, <laughs> that is the drama, both Oof. on field and off the field. It goes through and, and through. In the Jolly Rogers and touchdowns podcast there's always the drama so my walk the plank this week is actually going to be my husband oh my god the plank get out of here with your cocky self bye-bye go sir. walk the plank <laughs> it was nice knowing you i think everyone agrees i think you're our our uh as a whole communal, that's where i was going our communal walk the plank for this week so yeah it Aaron was gonna Marcus, with all due respect See ya. Marcus, <laughs> uh, but we shout out because I do love you and uh, and you're cute. But uh, walk the plank. Walk the plank. Uh, we just won't be as aggressive with him walking the plank. No sword to the back. We won't tie up your hands, but we will allow Kaylee to push you off. Give him a little, nice little shove. Jolly Rogers and touchdown fans. <laughs> it has been so fun to bring you this week's episode talking about the Saints taking on the Bucks. It is going to be a fun game to watch. And of course, we will have the updates for you right after the game. You can catch that episode Monday morning and you can catch all of our episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, wherever you listen to your podcast and also on the Odyssey app. So be sure to download it. And of course, follow along with us, especially if you want to see how this bet turns out, it's going to be at Jolly Rogers TDS 
on both Instagram and Twitter. I'm Kaylee Mizell. You can follow me at Kaylee Mizell on the social media platforms. My co-host, Casey Hudson, can be found at The Sports Case, K-A-S-E. We are so excited that you guys joined us today. We love you and we'll see you.